everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Um, I hope that you all are well, feeling good, energetic, ready to listen to some great authors tonight. Um, My first author is Ashley Sweeney. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She she calls herself... um, a writer of underserved women. And I really like that a lot. And as she explains, um, she, she is a, first of all, a seasoned journalist, a teacher and a community activist. She was a Vista volunteer. She continues to do community service as a member of the Seroptimist International, one of the largest women's advocacy organizations in the world. And you know, I'm all about women's advocacy. Um, so she has said a lot of things about her writing, but the thing that really impressed me the most was she said that she likes writing a little bit of historical. And one of the problems with writing is historical is you never see to get off, seem to read about authentic women characters. Well, Ashley's going to change that for you. Ashley, welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Pam. It's my pleasure. You and I are diametrically opposed in as far as this country is concerned. You're way up in Washington, and I'm way down in Florida. Um, How are you? First of all, how are you and your family? You have lovely children, by the way. Um, Are you all well and safe? Yeah, you're all yes, good, we're, right? We're all well we're all well and safe and thankful for it. Absolutely. Every single day. Um and and down here, um, just as a little kick in the pants, where I am in Fort Myers, Florida, we've not had as big of a problem in, as other places in Florida have had. But we do have on our radar right now and a pre seasonal tropical storm that may turn into our first hurricane (laughs) oh just to add to the mix yes so you know good thing being a lifelong floridian i know how to prepare for these things so i don't feel so bad about stockpiling food and toilet paper there i've said it okay Well, this time of COVID-19 has been quite a challenge for it has authors, as you can imagine. And I had to take a hard left turn when the quarantine and the shelter-in-place orders came through. But there's a real silver lining. I found that the industry and the publisher and sister authors and people such as yourself have really come through for us spring authors. And it's it's very heartwarming. Well, I have to tell you that um, our network is heard in 75 countries. We have 20 shows plus um, a press and a book review group. And, um, we kind of announced to everyone, we know that there are no book releases except for virtual ones and that, you know, authors can't, you can't go to book signings and events and conferences and all. So I ask everyone in the, in the network if they would step up and take on a few extra interviews. So I have had until I had my tech issues, um, been doing about seven a week. So, um, I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can to get everybody in. Well, but it's, it's very much appreciated. 
Oh, well, listen, please. I love talking to authors. You, you, anybody who can write a book is my celebrity. I, I don't own a television, and I know there are good shows out there. People always say, don't be a snob. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, just, I just have a lot of books to read. You know, I love to read. You have a new book, I, Answer Creek, yes. correct? Yes. I'm sorry, you were going to say something before I asked the question. No, that's fine. I say I, I'm always reading about three books at once myself. <laughs> oh, you and me both. Thank God. And people always, do people ask you, how do you keep them all straight? And I don't you laugh when they say that? <laughs> well, especially after you've had four children, you know, you have to keep four children straight. So <laughs> there you go. It's not, oh. it's not too hard to keep four books straight. <laughs> There you go. Oh, the, you just reminded me when I was little. I had I was the oldest and had three younger brothers. And sometimes my father would get so frustrated, he'd just say, Pam, Paul, Brian, John. And whoever was around had to answer. <laughs> he'd say it really fast. <laughs> so even he got us mixed up in his frustration. <laughs> we were a bunch of Indians. What can I tell you? Um, I wanted, You were here to talk about your first your, your first book was Eliza Waite, and your new book is Answer Creek. I love both of the book covers. They are beautiful. Um, I know that you've won several awards. Um, you've won the Sartan Women's Book Award, the Willa, and you've won Nancy Pearl Book Award. Congratulations on those. Can we talk about Answer Creek? Yes, I was really drawn to writing fiction set in the American West. And so sooner or later, everyone who writes about the American West is confronted with the Oregon Trail story. It's It's been so overwritten, Pam. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to tackle an Oregon Trail story, I'm going to tackle the most difficult and misunderstood narrative uh, in American history. And that is the Donner Party saga. Wow. Yeah. And so ev- everyone remembers the Donner Party. And, and what do you remember when you, when you read about the Donner Party, you rem- remember one thing only. And right. Cannibalism. cannibalism. Right. Cannibalism. Right. right. And so I decided that, even though there's no avoiding the gruesome details, I wanted to focus on the emigrants' collective humanity. That was my goal. So in all of my works, I place a fictional protagonist into a known historical event so Mm -hmm. that a reader will come to the book with some prior knowledge. In, In Eliza Waite, that was the Klondike Gold Rush. Right and here in Answer Creek, it's the Donner Party. So having the fictional protagonist, Ada Weeks, she's, she's quite stoic and prickly. And one of the reviewers even said she's hard to love at the beginning, but you come to love her fiercely as, as the book goes on, um, as she transitions, you know, from really a victim into a survivor, and that that's another another thing that's really dear to my heart because when you write about fictional women in the American West, they really represent tens of thousands of what I would call voiceless frontier women in the American West. The women 
women followed men. They followed their husbands, their brothers, their uncles, their sons, sometimes their lovers. But very few women struck out on their own. And Ada does not strike out on her own at the beginning of the book. But as the book, you know, evolves, she becomes much stronger and goes out onto her own. It seems to me that even though you've set this story in the early American West, your description right now of women in the frontier West is very applicable to many women in 2020. Oh, no doubt. And when I was doing my research for the book, there, there's no substitute for for not standing in the place where your book is set. And in this case, of course, that's about 2,000 miles of separate places. And so my husband and I took a trip across, it basically is I-80, from the middle of the country to the West Coast, and mirrored the Oregon-California Trail yeah. and walked did that. I met so many women in in the Middle West, and there's a difference in the the character of these women. I found them to be so strong and so resilient, and I think that some of that has had to be passed down from from their ancestors. You know, I'm a New Yorker, you know. Mm-hmm. Who, is lived in the West since 1978 and traveled across the country numerous times, but this was the first time that I drove the whole way. And there was just some, there was a real gravitas in, in miles and miles and miles of prairie land that turned to mountains that turned to deserts and it's it's an amazing country that we live in and the people who populate the american west are definitely a rare breed and i met a lot of women today um whose whose ancestors would be very proud of the women who they've become you know, it's it's a truly um, it's almost a, an anthropological undertaking that you've done there by by driving the Oregon Trail. Um, it seems to me that there are many many Western people or middle America people who do not live in the suburbs, who live a simpler mm-hmm. lifetime. And mm-hmm. and their their lifestyle is is without a lot of the frills that I guess coastal what they call the coastal people have, and so maybe that's it. They're uh, they're authentic in their own way, and um, very much so. Yeah, and devoid of of the nuances that many in polite society uh, put upon each other. Would that be fair mm-hmm. to say? That is so. That is spot on, Pam. And staying at a an unbelievable bed and breakfast outside of Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, I was so taken by Western Nebraska. If you have 
listeners in western Nebraska, I'll be back because I just was really taken with with the geography in in western Nebraska. But also the people. We stayed at this wonderful bed and breakfast called Barn Anew, and it was a refurbished barn, and each room was decorated to the last square inch with authentic Western memorabilia. And each room had its own theme, like the trapper room or the gold panner room. And it was, it was just, it, it was such a delight for, for someone whose son works at the Hyatt, you know, and someone who's right. traveled the world um, extensively. It was, it was so cozy to stay at this authentic bed and breakfast and chat with the owner as she was making breakfast and as she showed us around the property. It was just, it was something that couldn't be replicated. You really had to, you really had to live it. And that happened time and time again at all, at many of the places we stayed at, at small museums, even more than the larger museums, turned out to be some of the greatest treasure troves. In fact, um, another small museum just outside of Scotts Bluff in Gehring, Nebraska, called Legacy of the Plains Museum. Pam, it houses 50 years of a couple's collection of the Oregon Trail rooms and rooms of material, diaries, maps, journals, newspaper articles. And I, I have scheduled a whole day there and I'm sorry that I didn't schedule a whole week there. We had a month on the trail and I had scheduled one day there and I'm just so sorry I didn't schedule more because sometimes the smaller museums and smaller historical societies run many times by volunteers are just founts of information. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. It sounds to me like you were profoundly changed personally. Am I correct I in assuming that? How yes. did it change and, you and in which ways? Well, in the, uh, <clears throat> in the acknowledgments, I talk about how the, the trip really changed me. Now, we need to go back a little bit in time. You know, this, this little bespeckled girl who used to, you know, have a book in her hand, even while she wore a skirt and rode a bicycle around Stony right? Brook, Long Island, <laughs> New York. <clears throat> this, this little girl had a love affair with the Western migration. And as I went on to Wheaton College in Norton, Massachusetts, and majored mm-hmm. in American history and American literature, the, the trail stories became even larger than life to me. And so there I was on the trail myself, following in the footsteps of these foremothers of ours, and standing, I'll, I'll tell you about this one spot. This was the most memorable experience on the trip. We were at South Pass, Wyoming, which is the crest of the Continental Divide. And we stood, we went off road about five miles and we stood in a spot that could have been 1846. There was not a road, 
a sign, a cell tower, a fence, a building, nothing, nothing marked that spot except the ruts that are still in the ground from, from the wagon trains. And I, wow. I, absolutely, I, I wrote about it in the first paragraph of Chapter 8, and if we have two seconds, I will read. Please that read it. I would love. I would love. There's nothing I love more than authors who want to read their work. Please do. Okay. I will it's extend one the length of this only. show. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's it's July eighteenth, eighteen forty six. The Great Divide. Ada spins slowly, the Antelope Hills to her south, the Wind River chain to her north, and a wide, flat, endless plain of sagebrush ahead and behind her, nothing but earth and sky. Wind prowls over the divide and wisps of dark hair fan out behind her as she turns in the thin, dry mountain air. She closes her eyes and catches her breath. Her heart beats fast as if in anticipation. For all their traveling, all the mornings chaining up and tolerating dust, all the windstorms, hail, torrents of rain, death, arguments, and beans, the overlanders have crossed the backbone of the continent. They are halfway to California, standing here on the remote treeless steppe, more than 7,000 feet high, under a cloudless sapphire sky. Your your writing just gives me goosebumps, I I have to tell you. And having you read it is just a presence. It's such a gift. Thank you for doing that. Well, it was just like that for me. I might as well have been Ada Weeks standing there, Pam, as I spun around 360 degrees with my arms out and the wind in my hair and not seeing a thing that Ada wouldn't have seen herself. I mean, in geologic time, 175 years is nothing. So right. it could have been that she had just gone over the pass yesterday or was coming over the pass the day after. So that, that talk about changing me, that really brought it home to me a lot, a lot actually like this whole COVID-19 situation has been. Sure. It, I mean, it puts, it puts everything into perspective. It I, sure does. I have an article in our local newspaper this week, and I said, consider that the Donner Party wintered over on the eastern slope of the Sierra Nevada mountains near present-day Reno for 124 days, living in a windowless cabin with no food to speak of. So we might be inconvenienced with social distancing and quarantine, but we're not forced to eat blankets and book covers and shoe leather, let alone anything else in order to survive. So, so sometimes a moment can put something into perspective or sometimes a scene or sometimes an experience, but all, all of those things can help to ground us, and I feel I feel very grounded, having written written Ada's story. Wow! I can't wait for it to be out into the world. How it is truly a profound thing for you, and I suspect that you're going to get a lot of feedback on Ada because I don't know. I I want to say I've met women like her but I haven't mm-hmm. met them here. I've met them 
in other journeys that I've taken. And when mm-hmm. I've wandered around by myself, gone someplace traveling by myself, I, I find that occasionally. And I, you know, I love to go to big cities, don't get me wrong, but I also like to go off the beaten path as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so it sounds fabulous. Do you want to take the trek again? Oh, definitely. I have it in my plan to do a book tour at all the independent bookstores along the Oregon-California Trail. And, of course, that's been, you know, scratched for now, as have, you know, dozens of other events up and down the West Coast. But I do have to put in a little plug for our local bookstore, Seaport Books, here in Laconer, Washington. We have an 80-something-year-old female owner of our bookshop, Jana Gage, and she is undaunted and is going to have a drive-by signing next week for me. (laughs) Oh, I love that. What a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, she's setting up a tent, rain or shine. She's going to be masked and gloved. She's a tiny little woman, and she's going to hand-deliver my signed books to cars that pull up in front of the curb in front of her shop. And so in a way, you know, no, I'm not – shopping at Dillard's for all of my new outfits for my book tour. But isn't sure. it fabulous that my local bookstore is going to go, you know, out on a limb during this time to celebrate I think it's the wonderful. life of this book? Yeah, I think I'm it's wonderful. It. I really do. What a great idea. Now, this is something I have to pass on to some of my friends. I'm going to make sure they listen to this and especially this part. Um, I, I I want to spend like more time talking to you. I don't want to take up all your time though. Well, yes, I actually do. I'd like to spend the evening chatting with you. Um, <laughs> ha, have you given any thought? Has has Answer Creek spurned any any inspiration or ideas for the next book? And I know this is a well, new baby. Well, that's for a you. great question. Actually, um, I was eighty five thousand words into my next novel and when COVID-19 hit I took a look at it and I just wasn't very happy with it and I thought I'm I'm not going to keep massaging this manuscript I'm going to put it away and its time will come again sometime in the future so I've actually just started a brand new a brand new novel, and it will be set in 1905 rural Arizona. And the protagonist is the daughter of a contemporary of Buffalo Bill. So it's going to be a Wild West novel with another feisty protagonist, and I'm I'm really on fire on it. So that, that's what you need to do when you're an author. You you may be just about finished with a manuscript, but it isn't ready for the world yet. So right. it has to it, it has to wait its time. I I wrote a novel in 2005 that hasn't seen the light of day. You know, maybe someday it will. I don't know. But I right. have a niche here about getting strong. Western female protagonists, and so I I feel like there are so many stories because when you think about it, all of the voiceless women I'm I'm doing a composite of them, Pam. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm reading journals and I'm reading newspaper accounts and I'm doing oral histories and I'm taking all of these stories and then morphing them into into these strong characters. So, and you have to really love them because you're going to be spending a couple of years with them. You know, yes, you when, when you write historical fiction, you know, it, it that's that's no quick and dirty right. You know, there's well, it's, two, it's not, two years of, of research. The research, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Your research yeah. must be incredible. Um, you know, Ashley, uh, in the very near future, I'm going to invite my friend Ann Hillerman back. And um, oh. she, yes, and she and my other friend, <laughs> uh, um William Kruger, William Kent Kruger, both oh, of whom write I about indigenous his, peoples in in their yes, own I area. Love his writing, yes, it, he's lovely. I just saw him not too long ago. Um, in March, I saw him. But um, I, I would love for you to come and sit behind the scenes with me in the green room while that conversation goes on. Oh, I would love to. There's nothing like celebrating each other in this field. Yes. And, yes. And there are there are so many books, and you know, as they say, so little time. And when ones rise to the top, and you can make a recommendation of a book, and then someone else likes it and recommends it to someone else. That's the that's the joy of this business. I, I, I call it my, my third act and there I'm you go. enjoying every moment of it. You and me both. Um, this is my retirement thing. It started off on a whim and um, that was nine years ago. And I think <laughs> one, 1,500 interviews ago in oh. all the places that I've ever traveled to for book conferences and book signings and, including into Europe and all. So I, I understand that completely. Uh, not that I didn't love everything I did before, but this is a different kind of love. So mm-hmm, you will be mm-hmm. my special guest when Ann Hellerman and Kent oh. Kruger talk. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the, the time that you've given me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Let's tell everybody where they can find you on the webs and in social media. Sure. That's AshleySweeneyAuthor.com is my website, and you can find me under the same name, Ashley Sweeney Author, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Lovely. I highly recommend that you stop by and see Ashley's page. It's just delightful. And the book is called Answer Creek. It is available from IndieBound and from, um, you know, bunch of different places you're at at amazon and and all kinds of places so bookshop.org and also don't forget to ask your indie bookstores give them a ring up and ask them to order the book it's ashley east Sweeney. the book is answer creek ask them to order the book for you and then tell Anne, ashley that you got her book and let her send you a, a book plate with her signature on it you know, she can't be there in person, but she can send you her signature, right? Yes, that's right. And we make many new friends that way. There we go. So I'm I'm looking forward to hearing from readers. It's always a thrill. And I'll look forward to being back with you sometime soon, Pam. 
You will. I want to thank you so much. The book is Answer Creek. The author is Ashley Sweeney. Thank you for being with me, Ashley. I've enjoyed this immensely. And me. Thank you so much, Pam. You're, you're very welcome. And listeners, thank you for being with me. And thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.